Busaka is proud of himself and his new St. Croix rod. An update on the new power knob craze. The number of stickers you should sport on the back of your vehicle. And a full review of the new Penn Spin Fisher. All this week on The Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. We got Ryan, the consecutive Canadian, on the podcast tonight. Just got back from a big fishing ship. Ryan, tell us where you were. We headed up north to the Muskokas. Oh, I couldn't remember that. I was talking to Lamont. I was like, man, the consecutive Canadian has been crushing it. Where the hell is he? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like the Florida Keys of Toronto. That's where everybody goes. Um, you know, a lot of cottage country up there. Just tons and tons of lakes, really deep lakes, beautiful rock formations. The scenery's crazy, and uh, the fishing's usually pretty good. Dude, you were crushing it. We we totally destroyed. And we got to give uh, a shout out to Roly, my dad, because he got the lunker of the trip. He did. He did. He totally, totally rocked it. I'm so proud of him because he did more or less uh, everything I told him to do, and it worked. Because um, he doesn't, he never really pike fishes, right? It's it's usually just me by myself. I'm Sometimes my brother-in-law, Perry, and my nephew, but... So tell the, audience, tell the audience about the catch. Oh, um, you know, I well, we're up there at that cottage. We rented a boat. And where was um, this again? It was uh, in a place called Port Severn is the town. Okay. And the lake is called Gloucester Pool. And there's a whole crazy... Um, all these crazy waterways up there, all these interconnected lakes which all kind of connect to Georgian Bay, which is part of Lake Huron. And the boating up there is unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we weren't really doing anything super esoteric. It was all pretty basic real guy stuff. Um, just so fishing. super esoteric? No, no, we didn't have any weird rigs. We didn't have any crazy knots. No exotic gear. It was just, it was as simple as you could get. Nice big fat. Like, you guys weren't doing like the G knot competition or whatever. <laughs> Nothing like that. The old man, he's uh, he's too blind to tie his own knots. So I had to, you know, I took care of him. I was almost like the guy this time. It was my dad and I on the boat, and um, I was just taking care of him the whole time. But he he rocked it. But we just had big fat live minnows. You know, single hook through the nose, and we slow trolled a bit. We had them out under floats. We'd anchor up and toss them out under floats, and the fish were just – we had we had a great location. I have a pretty good handle on that lake. I've fished it a few times, and um, the spot that – we caught all those fish in the same spot. And the fish were pike? We caught all pike, and I think my dad got a smallmouth bass. As okay. well, but they're out of season, so you know we didn't post it or anything like that. Good thinking. The Gestapo may come down there. They're they're crazy, man. They're very very protective of the bass up here. You can't target them until <clears throat> uh, the fourth Saturday in June. Really? And if you get caught, you know, throwing lures or throwing bait at a 
at a bass on a bed, you can get big, big fines. Now, what, what kind of, I mean, what kind of discretion do you get? Like, what if you're just fishing? Like you guys were fishing for pike and accidentally caught a bass. I mean, they kind of like give you a little bit of leeway. Oh yeah, you get you get a little bit of leeway. It's, I mean, you throw a minnow out there, whatever eats it is going to eat it. But yeah. it's recommended that um, if you're catching a whole bunch of smallmouth bass or largemouth bass, that you maybe find another spot to fish because you might be over top of some beds or or whatever. They just yeah. really want to protect those bass. But, <clears throat> I mean, we were in the right spot for pike. It was fantastic. There was a lot of weeds there. And then there were two islands that, um, you know, went into the main part of the lake. And there was a steep drop off. It went from, like, eight feet deep down to, like, 45 feet deep in, a, in maybe 30 yards. So this crazy, crazy drop off. And it was the perfect spot to do what we were, gonna, what we were doing. Well, I kind of want the audience to dissect the conversation here a little bit because, you know, everybody wants to know how to become a better fisherman. And, like there's all these secrets and stuff. But if you really listen to guys that, that whack, and that's why we call you the consecutive Canadian, you get to consecutive fish over and over again. You just told the story. You knew the place because you spent the time figuring the place out a little bit. And then yeah. through practice and then spending your time, energy, and money to go there. and then you guys end up whacking them. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to know the secret sauce. There's no secret sauce. You get out of it exactly what you put into it, and you've obviously, you and your old man, friggin' drew time, energy, and fun, because that's all fun about fishing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, it is. I don't and my, my dad had the time of his life, you know, <clears throat> He deserves I, it, stepping up behind the boat and everything, doing the, yeah. taking the time, doing the, putting in the friggin' what it takes. Yeah, and I was so proud of him, like, and I'm so happy that he got the big fish, because when, when we fished with you, I got the big fish, Dad still got a really, really good fish, but I wanted Dad to be center stage for once, you know? Yeah, it's good to be the champ sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good stuff. It was fun to watch online. Um, if you guys don't follow Ryan online, what's your Instagram handle? Um, I think it's just dart frogger is what dart, it is. It's kind of an frogger. old, yeah, and then, an old and email. Then, um, you can catch him on the, um, crazy ass, uh, what's that group? Real guy, real guy, Lunker club, real guy, Lunker club. <laughs> We're not going to get into that today. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a whole so, other podcast. So dude, word on the street, word on the street. And we're going to start getting into the product stuff now. But word on the street is Busaka steps up and gets a seven and a half foot fast action St. Croix. And, nice. um, yeah, a lot of murmur at the boat ramps and the piers and everything. And, um, Busaka called me the other day to give me the news and he wanted to know if I was proud of him. <laughs> So let me ask you, are you proud of Busaka since he got that new St. Croix rod? Oh, am I proud of him? Yeah. You know what? He's 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 stepping up his game. He wants to uh you know, he's he wants to become the bonefish guy instead of the sheep's head guy. Right. So, you know, I can't blame him. So, oh, so you're proud of him. I'm, yeah, but I'll be more proud of him. 
if uh, I mean, sure, you can have the most beautiful combo in the world. You could spend however much you want on a combo, but you know, it's what you're catching with the combo. You know what I mean? No, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, when but he hey. asked, when he asked me if I was proud of him, right? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I guess I'm proud of you, but you know, I wouldn't have been like any less proud of him if he went with the ugly stick tiger. No, no, the ugly stick tigers, they get the job done. All the ugly sticks. They've all been, they've all been winners. I think Busaka's really turning in more of a um, Hell's Bay type Maverick guy. Is he uh, sporting braid on that new combo? Well, I'm not positive. I have to talk to Carl about that. He's been getting his tackle advice from one of the best in the business, Carl Ball. Yeah, yeah. And, Can't argue um, with that. Yeah, so I don't know what Carl advised him to put on there, but I'd imagine he's sporting the piss out of some braid. And he's you know sporting what? the piss out of the St. Croix. I think he's pretty happy with himself about the purchase, in other words. <laughs> yeah, you get something nice. You want to sport it a little bit. I get it. I've done it. It's like a purchase high. Yeah. I get and a little bit you... of a I get a little bit of like a purchase high when I buy like I'll buy flies and stuff on eBay. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when you buy shit like that, you know, you really gotta know your numbers and stuff to actually realize what size you're getting. Mm-hmm. So every time it comes in the mail, I check my flies and I like Oh yeah, this is pretty good. Or oh man, this is way too small. Or god damn, this is way too cheap. And then man, it's kind of like uh, you get addicted to getting that thing in the mail and looking in there. Yeah, you know what? I'm hooked on sniping good deals on Amazon. Like it's it's super satisfying when you see something nice on there for a wicked wicked discount. You know, and you can score it. Like I got a brand new TLD fifteen. Brand yeah. new, out of the box, shipped directly from Amazon. $69 Canadian. Nice. Nice. And I put that thing to good use. So, you know, I, I kind of get that purchase high from getting a good deal. You know, it's funny you mention that because a cousin of mine reached out to me yesterday. And he found an old Fenor Ahab spinning reel. And I had a few yeah. of them. And then we did some reviews on them way back when. I mean, we're talking 10 years ago. Yeah, I remember YouTube. those. Yeah, and they were cool looking and everything, but the anti-reverses were really cool on them. And then I never really fixed them or anything. So he bought one at a pawn shop or something for like 7 bucks. He sent me a picture of it. It's not a scratch on it. But he had the anti-reverse problem. He wanted to know what he should do with it. And at first I was like, I just throw the thing out. I threw all mine out. But then I thought about it for a second. It's like, no, he got this real, he's got that energy going. He's got his little high going. He wants to try to fix it. Mm-hmm. So you let him roll with that project. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to squash it. You don't want to be like, I'll throw the thing out. And then, you know, that there was a that's the reason he bought the freaking reel. He didn't buy the reel because he thought it was the best thing in the world. He bought the reel because it was seven bucks. That's a pretty good score. <laughs> seven bucks? Dude, I bought my buddy Timmy a freaking bag of red man at seven eleven the other day. It was like fourteen dollars. Damn. Yeah. Right, $14 for a fucking bag of red man chewing tobacco, but um, seven bucks for an Ahab. That's a that's pretty, pretty good, good score, deal. right? There you go, <laughs> even if you got to fix the any reverse, right? So, are you more proud of my cousin for getting the score or Busaka for stepping up and getting the same Croy? Seven bucks for an Ahab, you know what? 
I, I can hear in your voice. Reels. I can hear your I, voice. That's excitement. I, I looked for those reels after I saw the video. And Fenora up here, you can't find that. And that was before I really knew about ordering stuff online. You know, that was at a time where I never ordered anything offline because I was all worried about using my credit card over the internet and stuff. So, you know, Fenora, you go to the tackle shops up here and the guys look at you sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, after all that, using those fenoras and stuff, did you, you know I got in a beef with those guys. Yeah, yeah, it was the roller bearings, right? Yeah, they had some sort of, you know, bearing problem in the roller guide coming yep. off the reel. And it was easy fix and all that, not a big deal. But they got all bent out of shape that I mentioned it. And then, you know, I just was like, all right, I just, moving on now. Moving right along. I bought three fenoras because of your videos. <laughs> did you whack some fish on them? Yeah, man. They're good, I got, right? They're great. They're great. Yeah. I've got the I got the offshore, I, and I've got the big LT100. I use those down in Cuba, and then I got a small one, like a 4,000 one. I was using that for carp. The offshore is a beast. That thing is, it's a monster. I, I use absolute. the offshore, uh, the Fenora offshore, the big one. Um, put braided line on it and ran planers off of it. That's how big of a beast of a um, <laughs> spin reel that thing is. But anyway, after all that promoting fenora and catching all those lunkers in people's faces with those fenoras things didn't help you just, out with... well it just didn't work out yeah just didn't quite work out <laughs> which brings you me don't... which brings oh. me to the um spin fisher isn't that what you wanted to talk about tonight yeah i wanted to talk about this the new spin fisher the six right and you know it's funny that you you brought up and how they gave you they gave you the gears over it and um but i had the opposite experience with pen what do you mean um i ordered i was all excited when these things were coming out because what i wanted was a nice reel in like a smaller size that had like the bait runner live liner feature because up here i don't need huge reels to do anything like a 2500 size reel is can pretty much do anything that i do and, you know, I wanted that bait runner feature because the way I fish for pike, you know, they I just fish a single hook through the nose of a minnow, and I like to give them time to eat. And um, I wanted that bait runner feature. I thought, oh, wow, here's something. These spin fishers are good. And now they've got a small one with a live liner. I got to give it a shot. So I ordered one, and I had some issues with it right out of the box. And... You know when you have to adjust the shims to to fix the line lay, right? Um, there was no amount of shimming that I could do to fix the line lay. It was like a pyramid. It was so bad. So I shot a little video, and I put it online, and I think I tagged Pen in it on Instagram or maybe YouTube, and it was just me showing what was going on with this with this reel, and it's their brand new flagship reel, brand new product. And I was like, hey, guys, uh, what can I do about this? Because I had already sent one back to Amazon. They sent me a replacement, and I had the same problem. So Penn got a hold of me, and then they watched the video, and they said, hey, send us the reel. And they fixed it up. They sent it back. And not only did they fix it up and send it back for free, but they gave me couple of really nice, you know, those long sleeve pen sun shirts. They gave me a hat. They gave me a bunch of stickers and they gave me a handwritten letter 
saying, hey, we're really sorry you have to wait to use your new pen, but you know we've got it under control. Here's some swag. You know, we, we hope you stay with us. And I thought, you know, what a great experience with a company. Right. You weren't expecting that, right? And it's not like I'm anybody. If I was Peter Miller or George Gods or something like that, then, you know, there, there'd be that expectation. But me, I'm just, I'm just a schlub. <laughs> you Dude, know, I, you are the consecutive Canadian. Never, never forget that. Well, that's that. true. <laughs> never forget that. Oh, and you're a real guy. Yeah. Right. Which right. makes you, you know, a real guy. But anyway, so yeah. you did. You, so you got, you got the great opposite experience. They saw there was a problem. They addressed the problem, and then you moved on. And then you graduated. What from that to the what you got now for spin fishers? Yeah, I've been I've been using that spin fisher. You know, ever since that spin fisher six, a live liner. Mm-hmm. I've been every single pike that you've seen me catch over the past two years has all been on that one reel. Okay. And I like well, it so much. I went, I went pen heavy. Yeah. I went crazy pen heavy. And I'll tell you why. It's because after the Fenora offshore, I needed a big spinner. And um, those new pen spin fisher big ones came out. And um, I don't know. I got like eight of them. Four of them are still in the box. This is like three years ago. Oh, and the reason wow. four of them are still in the box is because the other four that I put on those big tarpon combos haven't broke, still on the same gear, everything. They're like bulletproof. And I didn't expect that. I expected it to break, you know, after about a year, year and a half, like everything else for the last 40 years of breaks. When you tarpon fish, you just, I mean, it's just, you're just brutal on the friggin', um, on the gear and the spin fisher to this date, I haven't seen anything more bulletproof than that. I don't know about, you know, gear ratios and how light it is and all that other crap. But what I do know is, is I've watched people catch literally hundreds of tarpon on them and they're still going. So. Yeah. They're, they, and they're not crazy expensive. Um, you can't really beat them for the money. It's like, You know, I don't, I don't need to fish the. Fi- I mean, it'd be nice to fish Estella, right? But not so sure. Is Estella going to catch you any more fish than than the spinfisher? And the spinfisher is good. There's nothing wrong with it. it. It feels good to use, and but I want something. You know, I don't mind spending a little bit more on a reel if I know I'm going to get more out of it. And if you're, you know, you're using them with clients, you know, a lot of people who don't. We've never fought a big fish before. Something that can take a beating and keep going. You know, how can you complain about that? I can't complain and friggin' if that does happen, which has never happened in the past. The, the, the toughest reel that I ever used before these pins was um, the old Daiwa black and golds. I sported the piss out of some black and golds for like 20 friggin' years. But, you know, you could buy a lot of those parts and pieces at a good hardware store. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you could keep those things going. And you did. You know, the drags were never really that great on them or anything, but they were bulletproof. And then I found nothing. I had a whole bunch of Shimano stuff that I really liked when it worked. But I would constantly break those son of a bitches. And um, 
whether they took care of them or not through warranty, that's not the point. The point is I needed to work tomorrow. You right. I mean? You don't have time to send them out, wait for them to get service. Next thing you know, six weeks later, you know, how many trips are you going to book in that six weeks? That's correct. And when you think of the people that are going to be using the reel, out of 10 of those people, five of them never even caught a tarpon before. So what do they know how well the reels are performing or not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, Spin Fisher, Usaka put one on that St. Croix. What do you think about that? I think that's I think that's a real guy move. I think people I think people in that Hell's Bay crowd are going to look down their nose at him. That could be, but if he's putting fish in their faces, that's uh, that's the only thing that matters. I don't know, dude. He put himself in a different crowd now. He's fishing on Hell's Bay, hanging out down there in the Keys, Nashville, and all the places where the beautiful people are. And um, I think those guys that are sporting those St. Croix would expect them to have, you know, at least, like, entry level would be a stratic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yep. up from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. They You got to be rocking the... Uh you know, what is it? The sustain and then the twin power and then the Stella. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be in that crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like personally, like everybody that lives east of federal highway, right? If they wanted to blow the extra cash that they have on a St. Croix, cool, whatever. But when you, if you live west of federal highway and you blow your dough on a St. Croix, it's like kind of like, Rubbing it in your neighbor's face. (laughs) Even though the neighbor could step up and catch more than you, even though he's fishing an ugly stick. But, like, you know, nobody fishes. So the chances of that happening are poor. So then it becomes like a problem at the public pool and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Or down at the boat ramp. Right? You thought you were perfectly cool with somebody, and then he comes over there and looks down his nose as you're sporting your new St. Croix and Penn Spinfisher. And now all of a sudden the vibe changes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's guys that support them up here too. You know, guys fishing from the bank on the river, the speed river in Cambridge, guys rocking their St. Croix and their Stratic CI fours catching three pound bass. But the, if they're lucky. But they're thinking exactly what Busaga said. They're looking out of the corner of their eye and they're like, is that dude proud of me? <laughs> I, mean, I mean dude i'm just trying to i'm trying to figure it all out myself it's not like i got all the answers it's it's almost like you start sporting your braid you start off sporting your braid and then you move on to your your saint croix that's like the next step up well that's a couple steps up really that's like stepping way up that's way up that's true that's no but pe- i think people were looking down on my boat rental though what do you mean? <laughs> I rented. It was like the only boat I could get my hands on because we were still under lockdown. But this one little cottage rental place, they said, yeah, we'll rent you a boat. So I got a 14-foot aluminum boat with a 9.9 two-stroke on there. Oh, you were two-stroking up there? Oh, I was two-stroking. But <laughs> I put my little electric trolling motor on there, and that, that did the job. You know, the one that I have on my little uh, inflatable dinghy there. Gotcha. And 
I tried to be stealthy, so I used that as much as I could. But yeah, there was some two-stroking going on. Well, but I mean, hey, I wasn't rolling around with a $70,000 sparkly bass boat because there were quite a few of those zipping around. How but, big is uh, this lake? How big is the lake? Yeah. Oh, geez. It's huge. Um, it's, 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 it's big. Okay. Uh, I think just for me to get to from the boat rental place to the cottage that I rented, it was it's probably about f- about five miles, five, six miles. And that was maybe half, slightly less than half of the length of the lake. So, how, many, how, many, how many other fishermen are you guys encountering on a daily basis? Not as many as you would normally expect, be just because of COVID and everything like that. Um, but, you know, we'd probably get three to five boats going by us because it was the middle of the week, right? Right. So it wasn't super busy. There was a lot of uh, jet skiers ripping by in the main part of the lake, water skiers, tubers. But the I think every fishing boat that passed us or that was in the area was a sparkly red bass boat. And they were all looking down their noses at you? Or is it oh, you? yeah. All of them. And all of them. And... <laughs> They were all throwing their spoons, their five of diamonds and all that stuff. And here's my dad and I just with our, with our six inch minnows, you know, underneath a float. And I think they wanted our spot. A couple of guys are like, Hey, over around the corner there, we were, we were catching big ones over there. What are you guys catching over here? Just, uh, you know, just crappy little pike. We're like, yeah, yeah, there's not much over here, but I think they wanted our spot cause we were anchored up. But, uh, so we were quietly, you know, we weren't, we weren't advertising to everybody that that's where all the fish were, but that's where they were. How is that? Um, uh, is it, is it the same thing up there in Canada? Like the spot stealing thing? Like people look down their friggin' nose or whatever, or are they okay with the spot stealing? Oh no. Everybody's very, very protective of the spots uh, of their fishing spots up here. Like guys are, guys are saying, Oh, you should get that fish brain app. I'm like, Oh, you mean the spot stealing app? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) because you know, you got to have your location services turned on and guys are studying the background of the photos. It happens everywhere, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going on that app and sharing my spots, but I always tell everybody, um, there's a local fishing group, the Grand River Fishing Group there on Facebook. And everybody always asks, oh, where are you catching all these pike? Where are you getting them all? I always say, oh, behind Town Bowl, which is a, just a bowling alley in town. And it's become a whole thing on there now. Like the river doesn't even go behind there. I've got people on there saying, oh, I Google map Town Bowl and I can't see any water. Uh, is this the right spot? And, you know, I always leave them hanging. Yeah. Unfortunately, the spot sling thing... I don't know. It didn't start with us. It's not going to end with us. It's always going to go on. But um, I don't know. I liked it better in the old days when people would flip out when they catch somebody stealing their spots. Now it's just like, you know, they're not happy about it, but they just accept it. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, up here you have to be a lot more protective of your spots because I know with inshore fishing, it might be a little bit different, but you know, you guys have the Gulf stream there, you know, like a highway for fish, you got fish coming in, going out. But when you're landlocked fishing, small lakes and small rivers, you have a finite amount of fish. You don't have this, 
great big beautiful current flowing past bringing fish in right right you know it's it's very limited very finite so Let's get back to these guys with the big fancy boats. Did that? Were they sporting power knobs? Were you seeing a decent amount of power knobs out there this year? Uh, a lot of those guys were. They were sporting their bait casters, actually. So not not a lot of power knobs. Not a lot though. of power knobs. The power knobs. I think I'm a bit of a power knob pioneer up here. It's it's a new thing. It's a new thing up here. We're always a couple years behind you guys. Because the, the trends always start in Florida and then they make their way north, right? We talked about that last podcast. Well, so the Huck shirts, you know, they're just coming up here. And power knobs, I, I like to think I'm a bit of a pioneer with that. I was just thinking, I mean, it's, it's such the craze now. I mean, to sport a decent knob. You know what I mean? <laughs> you would think that those Canadians that have all that dough and sporting those boats would be on the friggin' bandwagon by now. But not a lot no. of no, not a lot of knobs up there. Not a lot of power knobs. A lot of the a lot of the double handles on their bait casters. But so, oh, go ahead. No, I was just. I mean, and you're up on the power knob thing. I just where do you where do you think the mecca of power knobbing is? Tampa, Louisiana. I'm gonna go with. I'm thinking Tampa. Tampa is the is the power knob because, capital of the fishing world. Yeah, it's it's the Terry capital of the world. It's where all the wrestlers are, you know, former wrestlers, current wrestlers, failed wrestlers. And I think the power knob goes hand in hand with the Tampa culture because you got all the muscle heads, you know, trying to make their way in the pro wrestling world. And then you got to have... You're stuck on the wrestling dudes. Like, I mean, yeah. I get it. Tampa's full of those wrestling dudes. Yeah. But, um, but you do realize that um, Tampa holds the record for attendance at LunkerCon. Really? Oh, that's right. Unbelievable amount of real guys in the Tampa area that come out to LunkerCon. Like the great, greater Tampa area, yeah, a lot of fans. Just, cra- I mean, true. just a lot of regular dudes. Like people think here, okay, you know, you're in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, dude. The majority of these people are old farts. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding you. A bunch of old farts live around here. It's not a bunch of pickup driving fishermen. There's a few of them in Pompano, and they'll let you know it. They got the stickers all over their trucks. Like, what is it? All right. Moving off power knobs onto truck stickers. Why is it so important for these people to sport something on their truck that lets them know that they, that lets other people know that they fish? Dude, you got salt life guys here. I'm not even talking about. I'm talking about. They're not. They're, all right, the guys. They're somewhere between salt lifers and like pro staff. I don't know, but you'll go buy a truck and they'll have twenty fishing stickers on their truck and like multiple boat stickers. Like, how do you sport contender and CV on the same truck? <laughs> That's a good point. You got can, yeah. Or Penn and Shimano on the same truck. I've got two stickers on my car. I've got like a Toyota SUV, uh, the Venza, and I've got two stickers that work together perfectly. I've got this the the Lunker Dog sticker, the the Run That Dog sticker, RTD, RTD. on the one side, RTD, and then on the other side, I got Wallace's sticker. So I've okay. got a nice symmetry. I got a round sticker on either side, 
you know, it all plays into the same thing. And uh, that's that's sticker balance. It's like you know it, what I mean? Like being diversified in stock. Yeah. I got you. But you're not going too crazy either, right? Because you know, those two stickers, they say everything. You know, everything you need to know can be told from those two stickers. I don't need to clutter it up. I don't need a G Loomis sticker on there and a Shimano and a pen and a Yeti and all these other ones. Well, Yeti and Costa, right? I think everybody in Pompano Beach has Yeti and Costa on the back of their truck. When you come to Fort Lauderdale, Miami, eh, probably either or. But in Pompano, I mean, these dudes are sporting the piss out of the Yetis and the Costas on their trucks. I mean, it goes back to the same philosophy, like Usaka was asking if we're proud about the St. Croix Rock. Oh, yeah, maybe. This, this might be all interwoven here. I should get a psychiatrist on the frigging show and, and, and get, the, get the professional opinion, considering that's the only thing that matters anymore, right? <laughs> get a professional opinion on the whole thing with the fancy gear and the whole are you proud of me thing and the stickers. The interconnectedness of it all. Well, it must mean something. It's like the Da Vinci Code. Right. Something like that. But you need a pro. You know, an expert. Yep. Like the Dr. Fauci of. (laughs) (laughs) So the Canadians a fan of Fauci up there? Um, not really one way or the other. We just, you know, you, you see his name in the news. I don't really hear too much about him though, to be honest. Um, I mean, as an Italian, I consider it a slap in the face. And I'll tell you why. Any Italian that gets that much airtime and never brings up sauce is a slap in the face to other Italians. <laughs> I'm just saying, you got to bring it up sooner or later, especially when you get that kind of airtime. What kind of sauce are we talking here? Um, sauce. I mean, it could be his, it could have been his aunt's sauce, it could have been his sauce, it could have been his grandmother's sauce. But you bring it up if you're Italian. And then if you don't bring it up, it's kind of like a slap in the face. It's like, wait a second, this guy's been on TV for a year. He hasn't brought up sauce once. Even I bring up sauce. Right. You know what I sport? I sport, I make the Clemenza sauce from, from Godfather. Nice. I've done it a million times and it tastes great every single time. And I'm Croatian. <laughs> I got to say I'm proud of my dad again. He, you know, I've, I got a little video of him catching that big fish. Nice. I haven't put it up yet, though, but it's funny because I could hear my, you know, rewatching that video. I could hear you through my voice, you know, kind of walking my dad through what to do. And I thought that was pretty cool. Coaching him up. Coaching him up. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Neil Dandy Mill podcast. He asked me about that. I was like, dude, that's when you know you're doing something good when you're helping somebody else catch something. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. Good job. What was going on with those pikes that had all the marks on them? Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, when they're spawning, they, they bite each other, you know, when they're spawning. And there's there's musky in there too that uh that'll chomp at them. But that's that's a spawning thing. Like they're getting frisky or something? Yeah, they'll bite on they'll bite each other. I don't know if like I don't really know that much about it. I just know that they do it. I don't know if it's like you know, the 
it's a competition thing. The bigger ones are biting on the smaller ones to maybe, you know, get the, get with the good females or I don't know if they bite onto each other, you know, the way that sharks bite each other when they're Something. doing their thing. And, but and I, really, I never really put two and two together, but after seeing a couple of the fish that you were posting in the marks, I was like, wait a second, I've seen that before. Yeah. Other guy's fish. Yeah, it's, uh, it was some of those wounds. You think, oh my God, how do they survive that? But I've caught a ton of them with really nat. Like you could tell the wounds were really nasty when they got them, right. but they heal up. They're, they're resilient. They're fish. Pike are, pike are crazy that way. They can... I've caught so many pike with other people's hooks still in their mouths. They're just, they're just a tough, tough fish. Good. I think they need it. They need to be. All you crazy Canadians going after them. Yeah. Well, Ryan, it was great to have you on the Real Guy podcast this week. I hope you come back for more product review. And as always, thanks for listening to the Real Guy podcast and run that dog. 